0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. If you're new to this, uh, I want you to know that God is real, He's good, and there is a way out of your problems. And there is a way to get your needs met. It's called faith in God. And it's not complicated, but it's something you grow in. Uh, as when you're born again by faith in Jesus, you, you're not born spiritually fully developed. You're born a baby. And then the scripture says, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so as you grow in spirit and you grow in faith, you're able to lay hold of more from God and your receiving from God escalates and comes up. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom and let's receive from him today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing that teaches, reveals, reminds, uh, unveils to us your wonderful beautiful things. We ask for it. We ask for the answers, the help, the strength, the quickening, exactly what you know we need most right now. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, in Hebrews, the third chapter, and let's continue in our study that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews 3 and verse, uh, we'll start in verse 7 today. It says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, now he's talking to us, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And if you skip on down to verse 18, it says, and and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4 goes on to say, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So he is cautioning us, the Spirit of God is, through the writer, warning us about what happened to them. How that they, they hardened their heart and they wouldn't listen and They yielded to unbelief, it's even called evil unbelief, and that that was actually what kept them out of Canaan land, the promised land, the good land full of good things and a good future that God had planned for them. Can anything rob God's people of his plan for their life? Well, according to this, that's what happened. Unbelief kept them out. They thought it was giants and walls and other things, but it wasn't that. It was the unbelief. And if unbelief could hold them out, could rob them, he's revealing it could rob you, could rob me. In 1 Corinthians 10, look there again, very similar thing. Both of these in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 10 and 1, he said, Brethren, I would not have you that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud passed through the sea, all baptized to Moses in the cloud in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual food, drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. We know that the unbelief displeased God, because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And that also reveals that they were not helpless to do that, or else God would have been unfair in being displeased with them. Do you see what we're talking about? We never have to doubt. We never have to yield to unbelief. Faith is a choice. Doubting is a choice. And If we couldn't help it, which is what the enemy will try to convince many, that, you know, oh, it was just such a bad situation and it just hit you and nobody could have helped but, you know, get depressed and and maybe say some things they didn't mean and and what have you. Oh, yeah, you could have done something different. You should have done something different. Uh, Thank God there's forgiveness, but there's not an excuse that justifies it. You made the wrong choice and it doesn't please the Lord. We want to make the right choice and we want to start doing that as a way of life. The just shall live by faith. And that's the opposite of yielding to this unbelief like most people do. So, uh, say it out loud Our purpose. purpose to live, by faith. To live by, faith. Walk by faith, walk by faith, not by sight, not by sight. to be a believer. Not a, doubter. not a doubter. Hallelujah. It's a better life. You'll have more fun. <laughs> You'll enjoy it better. <laughs> he goes on to say, verse 6, these things were our examples. And verse 11, these things happen to them for examples. And they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Or as the Living Bible said, you know, Uh, Be careful if you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like this. Let this be a warning to you. He he was saying, these are object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same things. We know there were 10 major incidents by the time you reach Numbers 14 in looking at what happened to these people that they had failed to trust God and displeased God ten major times and so we're studying them go back with me again to numbers the uh, the 13th and 14th chapters excuse me Exodus Exodus uh, 13 and 14 it ends up uh, to the ten times in numbers 14 but we're looking at the start of this the start of it was uh, when God's people uh, had been in uh, Egyptian bondage for centuries, and they cried out in their pain and despair to God, and He heard them. And He appeared to Moses in a burning bush, and He told him that He was sending them, and for him to uh, command Pharaoh to let his people go. Well, Pharaoh, you know, they purported themselves to be living gods, and Egypt was. Uh, one of the most powerful nations on the planet and their military and, and they wouldn't think they'd have to do anything that anybody from the desert showed up and said they should do and they were not going to and Pharaoh was not going to and he would never have done it had God not done spectacular signs and wonders that shook that nation and the, and the known world to its knees, until finally they said, yeah, here, take some money and go. (laughs) And so that's where they are, and they're being led by this pillar of glory cloud that you can see miles away, and this pillar of of fire at night, and he led them by the Red Sea to camp. And he told them, he told Moses, warned him, he said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, And his people are gonna his staff's gonna get to thinking about this, and they're gonna say, why'd we let them go? And they're gonna come after you. But he said, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take care of this, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, They're gonna know that I am the Lord in Egypt. I'm gonna be honored, verse 4, 14, 4, on Pharaoh and all his host, and the Egyptians, that they may know that I am the Lord. So do they have anything to stand on to expect a good outcome? They do. They've got the experience of all the miracles in Egypt. Every morning when they get up and look out the tent, they see the glory cloud hanging out there. They know what he can do. They've seen it. They've heard it. They've felt it. They know. And so they You know, we we just read in Hebrews 3 that the Lord said, They always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. What does that mean? They always, over and over, chose the wrong direction. Err to err means to go go astray, go go the wrong way. And they've not known my ways. What's what's God's ways? Who is he? Faith is not a formula. Faith is living trust in the living person of God. Faith involves fellowship. You get to know Him. And as you get to know Him, you trust Him. And the more you get to know Him, the more you trust Him. Just like with a human person. Same kind of thing. And so God didn't expect them to just full out trust him, and they know nothing about him, and got no contact or no experience. So he sends Moses and Aaron with signs and wonders. Is that right? To start this thing off, and then he demonstrates himself. Now, we don't know it, but Egypt worshiped all these different gods. One of them was their the, the gods of the Nile and the river and all those kind of things. And that's one of the first one that God messed up for them. Turned, it in, turned the waters into blood. And, and I mean, he showed himself superior over everything that Egypt held up as their gods and their thing. And so by the time they get them, God gets them out of there free, healed with money. Do they have any reason to trust him? They do. They have many reasons. He even gives them a heads up. Pharaoh's on his way. He's coming with his stuff. But I am going to be honored in this thing. And the Egyptians are going to know I am the Lord. Well, if, if Pharaoh and his army just came and wiped them out, that doesn't mean everybody in Egypt's going to know that God's God. It's going to mean they think well, he, he wasn't able to protect them. So he's not, he's not the big God then they're going to give credit to their gods. So you've got every reason to think that God's going to take care of you. But when they saw the chariots, verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were what? Sore afraid. Sore afraid. One translation says exceeding afraid, exceedingly afraid. They are in full-blown panic. Is what it is. And in their panic, they start blaming Moses. And we're talking about uh, not, not yielding to unbelief, overcoming unbelief. You've got to identify it. you got to see what it looks like, what it sounds like. Unbelief involves fear. And so uh, they didn't even try to resist fear. They just yielded to it. They just looked at it and, and somebody said, you know, uh, and a lot of times people use the Lord's name in vain. Oh, my God. And that's using the Lord's name in vain. Why? You're not talking to him. You're not talking about him. And you're not saying it with any kind of faith or love. You're, you're using his name disrespectfully and uselessly. And they're just, you know, wilting. Going, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. That is a basic lack of understanding of who your God is. He's a faith God. He wants to see some faith, which is some confidence, which is some courage. Come on, can you see this? We talked about this, 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God did not give us the spirit of fear. That can be translated, he didn't give us the spirit of cowardice. Or the spirit of timidity. Or the spirit of fearfulness. It's a spirit. a spirit of fear is the spirit of being a coward. And isn't that what they're all doing? With it? They're, just, they're just wilting. Their faith would have been focused on God. And focused on, and in that case, they, they, all of them didn't have the spirit personally. So they'd be looking to their leader, Moses, and, and what God's telling him. And so they'd be ready. Okay, what do we do? Lord, tell us what to do. And confident that he that got them through all these other times, he's with them. He'll help you again. But they did none of that. They do always err in their heart, God said. What does that mean? When it comes time, when the pressure's on, they make the wrong choice. To what? Doubt. Fear. Complain, blame. Could you be tempted to do that? Oh, yeah, certainly. Any of us, all of us. Do you have to do it? Is there ever a time that it's just so bad you got no choice? You have to be afraid. You have to complain. Never do you have to. Oh, you'll be tempted. You'll be pushed. You'll be pressed. But you can, if you'll just make a decision in your heart, you can say no. No, no, God's done too much for me. He's been too good to me. He's helped me too many times. He's answered too many prayers for me to act like there's no God and act like there's no help. I know better. And I'm going to say I trust God. In life, in death, with my last breath, I will trust the Lord my God. I've had people tell me sometimes, what if I'm trying to believe God and I die? Uh, Dear child, you're going to die one way or the other. (laughs) Come on, are you all with me? I mean, if the Lord tears his coming, you ain't living down here for another 300 years. I mean, soon and very soon, you're going to breathe your last and you're going to leave here. But what if I I die trying to believe God? Honey, you don't want to die any other way than endeavoring to believe God, right? You don't want to die doubting God, and the first thing you have to say to him is, I apologize, I'm sorry, I repent. No, you want to die believing God. Uh, In life and in death, you want God to be glorified. Is that right? In you, and he is not pleased with cowardice. Hebrews said, you know, if any man draw back, My soul will have no pleasure in him. And he's talking specifically about faith. And he started off in that passage by saying, don't cast away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Then he goes right into chapter 11, talking about what faith is and all the heroes of faith. Said out loud, I'm not a coward. I refuse to shrink back, draw back, cower, run away. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. We can have, because we, we got the spirit of faith, we got the spirit of God, we can have, if we'll just act on it, choose it, step out, talk like it, confidence will come up in us. Courage will come on us. Can you say amen? And in that strength, you give God something to work with, He will do the rest. He will bring the power. He will bring the wisdom. He will bring and show you the way. But you've got to give Him something to work with. You can't just fold and wilt and say, you know, it's because there were no graves in Egypt. <laughs> Hear the sarcasm. Hear the disrespect hear the unthankfulness and mark it and tell yourself, I'm not doing that. I'm not talking that way. I'm not thinking that way. I'm not yielding to that. When they saw the Egyptians, and it would have been a sight to behold. You're not a trained soldier. Nobody around you is. Y'all all were slaves. You might have three swords among 25 of you, they are an elite fighting force with armor and everything else. And they are mad. They're grieving over the death of their firstborn. They come, they're coming to kill somebody. It's easy to, to uh, stand here in air-conditioned comfort <laughs> <laughs> and go, oh, they, they shouldn't have been afraid. This, no, fear would have come on you. And this is what we need to understand. Fear will come. The thoughts, the feelings. It can hit you like you like somebody pushing on you almost. I mean, you, you can just feel it. And you will be sorely tempted to just panic and lose it, but that's when you gotta go into fight mode. Come on, are y'all with me? That's when you, you got to fight the good fight of faith and say no. Just because you feel afraid, just because thoughts are bombarding you, your your heart is uh, racing—all these kind of things. These are just symptoms of what's coming against you. It is not a heart choice to fear, and it's at that point that you make the heart choice. No, I refuse to fear. The devil says, "Yeah, but you're already afraid." You say, "Shut up! I refuse to fear." And then you say fear, go ahead and say it, fear, Fear. get out of here. here. Fear, Fear. I resist you, you. Leave leave me. And I'm telling you, you do that in faith. The Spirit of God in you, he will come right up. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, you'll feel like you're about 20 foot tall. Looking down on the problem, you go, whoo, glory to God. What? You made the right choice. You didn't yield to it, you resisted it. But see, they didn't even try to do that. Didn't even try to trust God. And they said to Moses, Because there's no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now that's this is what they were saying. And you'll find in the next nine instances, they keep bringing this up about dying in the wilderness. Where'd that come from? We're all going to die in the wilderness. Words matter, class. Words matter. And what you'll find is the enemy is always trying to get words in your mouth that He can eventually act on. And what you do is you wind up shooting yourself. He, 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 he's manipulating people to use one of the most powerful things in their life, which is believing and saying, mm-hmm. against themselves. Mm-hmm. People say, I don't believe in all that stuff. You know, confess it and possess it. Well, it's working for you whether you believe it or not. It works effectively negatively. And they kept saying, uh, we're all going to die. Go to Numbers, the 14th chapter, and you'll see Numbers here is the 10th time they failed the test, and it was their last opportunity, and the Lord knew. So why didn't he give them another opportunity? Well, why not another 50? Well, why not another 1,000? So we don't know where the point is, but God knows the point where people are never going to change. He knows that. And so he deals with people accordingly. And he knew they weren't going to. And it's obvious because the the narrative continues past the point where they turned back into the desert. We have several instances of them, what happened with them while they were in the desert wondering And they kept doing the same thing the 11th time, the 12th time, the 13th time, the 14th time. It wouldn't have mattered how many opportunities they had. They are not going to change. He said, they always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. He said, so they are not going in. And it wasn't something he decided for them. Look in, in Numbers 14, verse 26 when they did it for the 10th time here in Kadesh Barnea, when he told them to go into the land, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmurs against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say to them, As truly as I live, said the Lord, As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. What had they been saying? We're all going to die in the wilderness. Well, what if they'd been saying every time, we're all going to go live in Canaan's land? (laughs) Huh? What if they, could they have said that? They could have said it. It would have just taken some faith because it didn't always look like that was about to happen. But what did they know about the future either way? Could they have said, every time something came up, could they have said, God's brought us this far? He'll take us the rest of the way in. We're all gonna live happily ever after in Canaan's land. Could they have said that? But see, that sounds strange to the ears of the ungodly, unbelieving world because it's so positive and it's so full of life and it's so full of of, uh, energy. But they could have done that. And then he could have said, I'm gonna bring to pass what you've been saying out of your mouth. You are going into Canaan's land. You are going to, but no, that's not what they had been saying. they had been saying we're all going to die out here. And so what we see is the law of fear. We're going to talk about that later. But in Job, he, Job said, The thing I have greatly feared has come on me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. The very thing. Is it coincidence that the very thing they were so afraid of is exactly what happened to them? No coincidence. Spiritual law. And so, friend, if you don't, if you don't want something to happen in your life, you've got to overcome the fear of it. Are you all with me, class? This is serious stuff. If you don't want something to happen to you or against you, You've got to overcome the fear of it and not just keep talking it year after year after year because the law of fear is your fears will come to you. They will come on you. But the good news is your faith will too. Your faith will come to you. Your faith will come on you. Hallelujah. Say good things, say victory, say plenty. And you talk that day and night and month after month and year after year, that's what you'll see. That's what you'll enjoy. Hallelujah. God will do for you according to what you've been saying. Just like that, only it'll be good. And our time's up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. God. We'll see you again next time here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.